Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to this episode of I Think I Know Basketball. This is Kyrie. I'm riding solo this episode. Um, sorry for the layoff that we had a couple of weeks ago where there wasn't an episode. Um, as you may or may not have known from tuning into previous episodes, uh, I was getting ready to become a dad and now I am one. My daughter Maya was born last Tuesday at 1.14 in the afternoon. I uh, got to bring her home, you know, a couple of days ago and, you know, everything's been a little bit of a whirlwind since then. Um, you know, as as you can imagine, I'm not sleeping quite as well as, uh, you know, I, I might like, but, you know, at the same time, it's, um, you know, it's a dream come true for me and she's beautiful and I'm you know, looking forward to uh, talking more about her on uh, future episodes of I Think I Know Basketball and maybe even getting her into the mix. Uh, you know, she's definitely, uh, she, she's very alert. Uh, she's been watching a lot of basketball with me and uh, she, she's starting to uh, develop some very, some very strong opinions about the action that's been going on. Um, you know, some pretty uh, interesting facial expressions, uh, gets that from her dad, uh, but she gets the rest from her mom and, you know, that's where the beauty comes in, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, in thinking about you know the experience of having this little girl you know in my life right now and um, you know learning how to be her father and the challenges that come with that but the joy and just just everything that that it means um, in in a way it's like you know from the first time that you know I saw her you know the first time I laid eyes on her in the hospital you know I feel like I couldn't imagine a world in which you know she wasn't there. And, you know, sharing everything that I have and everything that I know, including my love of sports and my love of basketball with her, uh, you know, I can't imagine a world in which, you know, that, that, that wouldn't be true. And that's part of why I wanted to do this episode today. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, fans of basketball, you know, you, you know exactly what I'm going to be talking about you know, this episode, and that's, uh, you know, the passing of, of uh, Kobe Bryant, and, you know, his daughter, uh, Gianna Maria Bryant, and seven other people, you know, in a helicopter crash yesterday, you know, in Calabasas, California. And I just haven't been able to stop thinking about it from the moment that you know, it was actually Marquise that alerted me to what was going on. I mean, I was just texting him, um, you know, trying to figure out when we were going to do our next show, you know, and I was thinking maybe we could do something on Sunday night um, or maybe we could schedule something for, uh, you know, for today. You know, I, I was just kind of you know trying to think ahead and I got a text from him with this link to the TMZ, you know, the original TMZ tweet, um, you know, saying that Kobe Bryant died at age 41 in a helicopter accident. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, when you see news like that, your first thought is, you know, is this true? Like, like, can that possibly be true? And, you know, you see TMZ on the article and you know that there's kind of a, you know, a history of maybe they, they're sensationalizing it and like how they even get this news and, you know, all that. But I feel I felt like when I read it, there was something in the pit of my stomach that told me it wasn't a lie. It told me that it was the truth. And... I was sitting right by my wife, you know, by, by our bedside, you know, we were, we were there with Maya, with my daughter. And 
you know, when I when I read it, you know, I started you know scrolling through Twitter and trying to find that this news, you know, I, I couldn't help it. You know, I I started to well up a little bit, um, and I feel like I don't I don't really know why, uh, or, or I didn't know why in the moment why why that made me feel that way. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant's been retired for a few years, and I don't know that there was ever a time in which Kobe Bryant was necessarily my favorite basketball player. But it's just, you know, this larger than life figure in terms of what he means to the NBA, to sports generally across the globe and something from my childhood, you know, having grown up with Kobe Bryant, just always being there, um, whether it was on the basketball court in the news, you know, people being fans of him, you know, whatever it happens to be. You know, it was hard to keep those emotions in. And then once I saw that, you know, once we finally got the confirmation from Adrian Wojnarowski and you know, the major news outlets and started to see the coverage and, you know, I turned on MVA TV and, you know, I, I felt like I, I accepted it, you know, rather, rather quickly. You know, there was a, there was a finality to it, I think, that, that kind of enveloped me as the day went on. And I just stared, I just sat in front of the TV and I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. And, you know, just the fact that he, you know, Kobe Bryant was gone. And then to see the crazy news reports and, you know, that that's something that, um, you know, a lot of people have commented on and, and I don't necessarily want to get into that a whole lot um, because I want to talk about, you know, the man and his daughter, you know, him, you know, themselves you know, the fact that, you know, all these crazy things were going on about, you know, all, all four of his daughters were in the helicopter. Rick Fox was in the helicopter. And, you know, this mad rush that is social media and, you know, that is the media game right now. This desire to be first, um, you know, and this desire to, you know, be able to claim you were the one who broke a story. And, you know, this lack sometimes of a human element that, you know, comes you know, with, with dealing with people's lives and deaths. And I felt like it struck me really, really hard, you know, to kind of see what the end product of it was. And, you know, I think that really, you know, as a media member myself, like, you know, I've been in this situation where, you know, I was at, you know, reporting on a press conference or, you know, I was reporting on a story and, it wasn't coming along quite as fast as I wanted, but in the end, you know, I felt it was most important to get the facts and get everything laid out in the way that I wanted it, even if it meant, you know, it being, you know, coming out a little bit later. And I, I feel like I really wish that we had done a better job. And I'm saying we, you know, in, in terms of, you know, the media as a whole, we had done a better job with this story. Um, you know, it's obviously a huge story and a, and a tough one to cover. Um, but I felt like, you know, we failed a lot of people, um, in, in the way that that was handled. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, kind of getting back to the, the main thing, right? So Kobe Bryant being gone was cataclysmic enough. You know, in, in the end, what we found was that he was in this helicopter with his, 13 year old daughter Gigi um who we've now seen you know if you follow basketball you know we've seen the memes and the pictures and you know maybe you've seen Gigi you know you saw Gigi yourself playing basketball and following in her father's footsteps and you're know, learning the game from him and 
you know, they were on their way to, you know, play a weekend tournament, playing the game that they both loved. And, you know, to see that, you know, it, you know, obviously it wasn't just them, but, you know, former, you know, Brewster Whitecaps, you know, a, you know baseball coach, John Altabelli and his wife and daughter, you know, were aboard that helicopter as well. You know, just the whole, almost a whole family lost. Just, it's really hard to process this. Um, but I'm going to try, I'm going to try and do a, a little bit of this, um, you know, both from the standpoint of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player and Kobe Bryant, you know, the, the off the court figure, I guess the easiest place to start for me is to take it back to me being a kid. You know, I am 29 years old. I'm going to be 30 years old this year. I was just old enough to, you know, see Michael Jordan playing for the Chicago Bulls and winning championships, um, you know, winning the last of his three championships. Um, I, I have memories from those final three seasons that he played in Chicago. But when I think of basketball and, and the memories that I have of watching basketball with, with my older cousin, you know, Freddie, you know, we watched a lot of basketball together. We were so into it. And, you know, we were you know we, we were both bulls fans you know he lived in chicago and you know i lived in northwest indiana you know right outside the city you know i had you know bulls like onesies you know when i was a baby and like jumpsuits when i got older and i had i had the michael jordan poster with his arms spread across the wall palming a basketball stretched across my bedroom wall for the longest longest time and you know, that was my, you know, really introduction to the game of basketball. But Kobe Bryant was what I grew up with, what I really grew up with. You know, he was, you know, 18, 19 years old when I started following basketball. And my first real exposure to Kobe Bryant came in a game um, that he played against Jordan in Jordan's final season with the Bulls I mean, in 1998. Uh, or in the 1997-1998 season. You know, it was a December game, and, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant at 19 years old dropped 33 points against the Bulls, and, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, put in 36. Like, it was it was this, you know, incredible bout of, like, here's this young kid dueling with the greatest player of all time, you know, the heir apparent, you know, the, the guy that he looked up to and wanted to model and, and did end up modeling his game, his work ethic, all of it after. Um, in a, in a similar vein to, you know, when you see guys like Luka Doncic, you know, going up against LeBron James today, you know, the, the, the passing of the torch, you know, and all that proverbial stuff that, that people like to talk about, but it, but that was, that was the first time I'd seen something like that. And I became a fan of Kobe Bryant, you know, and I wanted to see just where it would all take him, you know, my cousin and I, we, you know, we just loved watching him play, you know, whenever possible, because obviously we were in Chicago and, you know, they're a West Coast team. So we didn't really get that many opportunities. Um, but, you know, to see the highlights and, you know, when the video games would come out, like I remember I had a, you know, for Nintendo 64, I had a, like NBA courtside with Kobe Bryant on the cover, you know, and, uh, you know, when we, we ended up getting uh, NBA 2K you know, the very first NBA 2K games for Sega Dreamcast. You know what I mean? You know, we would fight over who got to play 
using the Lakers, you know, who got to play with like Kobe Bryant and, you know, it's like Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson and, and Vince Carter. And like those kinds of people were in, in those kinds of players. Like that's what I grew up with, you know, seeing Kobe win those championships with Shaquille O'Neal and continue this, you know, great Lakers dynasty and, you know, Phil Jackson, right. You know, cause I, I followed him too, because he was, you know, obviously with the, you know, the Chicago bulls for those six championships in the nineties. And then he went to LA and coached that team to five more. And it was just, you know, I, I don't know. It was just this, you know, huge presence in my childhood. And, you know, so many people didn't grow up with Michael Jordan, you know, and seeing him play. And so Kobe Bryant was sort of their Michael Jordan, know that michael jordan experience you know and then you know for some people right you know lebron james is that for them um you know i would say like i've been blessed to be able to like remember actually watching you know on live television all three and to have you know those those memories of that and you know the other thing that's that's really on my mind here is just saturday right um you know, LeBron James passed Kobe Bryant for third place all time, you know, on the, on the NBA scoring list, on the career scoring list. And, you know, LeBron James has talked a number of times about his admiration for Kobe Bryant and, you know, the relationship that, that they had and, and the respect that they had. And, you know, I remember all the all-star games that they kind of win at each other, you know, competitively, but like playfully and respectfully and you know the you know what will stick with me and you know the the realization that I had and so many people of us had is that the last tweet that Kobe Bryant ever sent was Saturday you know after that game in appreciation of LeBron James saying continuing to move the game forward at King James much respect my brother and then that was it. And the next day he was gone. You know, Marquise and I talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago on you know one of our episodes that you know, Kobe Bryant is up for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know, he's got he's going into the Hall of Fame this year. He will be elected and man, I would be surprised if he's not unanimous, right? You know, he'll be on everyone's ballot. Like there's no, there's no way he wouldn't be. I, I feel like in terms of basketball and what he meant to the game as a whole. And the fact that we're never going to get to hear that hall of fame speech. You know, we're not going to get to see that moment of you know him being up there and talking and then panning to Gigi, what he would say to her. You know, instead, what we're going to have is tears and, you know, this this somber moment in which, you know, Vanessa Bryant or, you know, somebody else goes up there and accepts this award on behalf of Kobe Bryant. And we watch this highlight video, not the way we did with Michael Jordan, where it was this nostalgic, you know, kind of euphoric thing. You know, we're all looking back on his greatness and in awe and with smiles on our faces and like, you know, kind of welling up with joy at the things that we watched him do 
this is going to be so different. This is going to be sadness and a gut punch. And yes, like there, you know, obviously there's going to be this part where like, yeah, enjoy what he did, you know, enjoy the artistry and what he put forward. Um, but it's going to feel like there's a hole in, in our collective basketball fan hearts when that day comes. It's going to be hard to enjoy it in the same way. I guess the other thing kind of along those lines is, the other thing along those lines is that, you know, when when I was thinking about putting this show together with Marquise, you know, it, it's all fun and games in, in a way. Thinking about LeBron James passing Kobe Bryant on the all-time scoring list and, you know, this this never-ending debate about... You know, who's better, LeBron or Kobe? You know, and, and like, where do you rank them all? Like MJ, LeBron, and Kobe. And and obviously, it's all in good fun, right? Because, you know, they're all all-time great players in whatever order you want to put them in. And, you know, all that stuff, like, it doesn't really matter in the end. But it's fun to talk about. You know, I know I've gone on basketball reference, and I've done the player comparisons a million times, and, you know, looked at the different stats, and... You know, a lot of people are, are intensely loyal Kobe fans. And, you know, there's a lot of intensely loyal LeBron and MJ fans and just, just all this stuff, right? And, you know, people kind of hammered that home a lot yesterday on, you know, NBA TV especially. That there's this this diehard contingent of Kobe Bryant fans who just, they believe he was the greatest player that ever played. And you can't convince them otherwise. And it's like, is there anybody else who isn't Michael Jordan that, you know, people feel that way about in, in the same, with the same intensity, with, with the same just diehard loyalty. But it was just always fun in a way to, you know, spark those discussions. You know, even though sometimes I think they got a little bit ridiculous, right? It's just, it's a natural thing when you see greatness, um, you know, sometimes you, you want to get in, you, you want your guy to be the best guy. But at the end of the day, greatness is greatness. And I feel like as long as we can appreciate greatness for what it is, then, you know, okay, fine. We can then fine, you know, debate these, the merits of who's greater, who's better, you know, whatever, um, you know, as, as, as much as you want without feeling like you got to knock other guys down a notch. I feel like as fans, we do that a lot. And I got to be honest, like, after this, yeah, I'm sure, like, I'll have this discussion again one day. But it, it just brings it back to me that it doesn't really matter in the end. It doesn't. Who cares? In the end, this is all just a game. This is, this is real life when it, when it comes down to it. And, you know, Kobe Bryant's life is done. And that's cruel. You know, in, in a sense. And, and, you know, not even necessarily for, you know, because I have like a special like adulation for him as a person. I kind of want to get into that part here in a minute. But the fact that he had so much in front of him and, you know, he had this, you know, this family that, um, you know, he, he loved and cherished. And, you know, he's left behind his wife and three daughters and he lost one of his daughters and you know, along with him and, you know, Vanessa Bryant. You know, lost her daughter along with her husband. You know, who cares about goat debates? 
after that? How can you? Like, I, I don't, you know, it all feels so silly in retrospect, you know, to, to think that, you know, some of us spent so much time debating the merits of, you know, this guy's career over this one's and not always just taking the time to appreciate pure greatness the way it makes you feel when you see it you know when you experience it the way it made me feel to watch Kobe Bryant score 61 points in his final NBA game and the joy that it brought everybody to watch that happen you know the fact that you got people in other countries that don't speak a word of English, but they know about Kobe Bryant and they knew the greatness and they appreciated the greatness of watching him do what he did better than almost anyone else who has ever done it. And the life that he was creating outside of basketball. You know, being a you know a man of you know many interests and many talents, and you know winning an Oscar and coaching, you know his daughter with the same you know kind of tenacity and intensity with which he played the game, but also loving her that way, loving his family that way. That in the end is worth more than any of the five championships and any of the over 33,600 points he scored in his NBA career, you know, the MVP awards, you know, all that. And in a way, you know, that leads me into this next point, which is, you know, Kobe Bryant in a lot of ways, like it wasn't always destined to be that way for him off the court you know and and i think you know maybe a lot of people don't really want to hear about the 2003 you know sexual assault case you know in colorado but the reason i bring it up is not to go over the case or not to besmirch kobe's name or you know drag his name through the mud you know hours after his death it's not about that for me it's about how i perceived him as a kid because in a lot of ways that was my first big experience with somebody that I, you know, an, an athlete, a personality, you know, a figure that I, I really enjoyed. And seeing that that person, you know, I, I don't know if I would call Kobe Bryant a hero of mine. You know, I didn't like walk around in his shoes and his clothes all the time and stuff like that. But I was a fan. You know, I was definitely a fan. I was a big fan. And then to see the things that came out about him and yeah, it, it changed, it just changed things for me. You know, I, I can't, I can't say it didn't, right. You know, I was, you know, 12, 13 years old at the time that this was coming out. Yeah. Like it, it forced me to reckon with the fact that, yeah, your, your, your heroes, quote unquote, you know, your, your favorite athletes and, you know, the, the, the people that are larger than life to you. Like, they're not all perfect. Some of them make mistakes. Some of them make very bad mistakes. And some of them are bad people. And I feel like as fans, sometimes we have this 
desire to sweep the bad things about people under the rug, you know, and we don't, you know, we don't want to acknowledge them because they put the ball in the hoop really well or they run really fast or, you know, whatever it happens to be, you know, they, they represent the Jersey that we, that we love, you know, we come to really enjoy like this particular player. We love this player and we don't want to hear a bad word against them. And I felt like that was part of the stage I think I went through as a 12 or 13 year old and seeing this case unfold and wanting to believe it wasn't true and that, you know, he didn't do anything wrong, but for him to admit that he was unfaithful to his wife and, you know, to be embarrassed and ashamed and stand in front of everybody and take that, you know, and, and, and have to, you know, admit that he failed. You know, whatever, whatever his successes on the court, he failed as a man. And that was a tough thing for, you know, a young, like, teenage kid to see. And even now, right, you know, I think about, you know, people are bringing it up. And, you know, obviously there's a big blow up over somebody tweeting at, tweeting it out. You know, the, the reminders of that case, like, in the hours after his death. And, you know, people talking about, like, it being classless. And, you know, I don't want anybody to get that impression of me that I'm trying to drag a guy's name through the mud and, and, and all that. I'm just saying that that's how I viewed it, you know, when I was a kid. And yet at the same time, I want to believe that you know, people can change. And I think that while we shouldn't just sweep aside, you know, the bad things about people just because they die, you know, especially in such tragic circumstances, I think that you know, what we saw, or at least I, what I would like to think we saw, is that this was a man who did his best to become a better man after all that, and to learn from his mistakes, to be a better husband and a better father, to teach people to be better than he was. And I feel like that was what came out so powerfully in these last couple of years in his relationship with Gigi and the mentorship that he showed her and the love and the bond that they had and the way they would talk to each other and the pride that he took in her, you know, talking about, you know, her, you know, wanting to play in the WNBA, but also like, people talking about like oh yeah like you know you need to have a boy and he was just like you know they gotta have somebody to carry on the the name and the legacy and my daughter's like yeah i got this and he's like yeah you do she does got this and that's another point right you talk about the admiration that people around the nba have for kobe bryant the the love and you think about the retirement tour the the showering of love upon Kobe Bryant in every NBA city during that entire 2016 season and the elder statesman role that he took on after his retirement, the way that people still look up to him and, and you know, he mentors them and, and helps them hone their games and, and all of that, right? You know, the, the utmost respect that he has from an NBA standpoint. And then you talk about the respect that he has shown to the WNBA and for female athletes like that's tremendous like that is that's a piece that I feel like hasn't necessarily been talked about enough and 
And it's huge for athletes of Kobe Bryant's stature to throw their weight and support and respect behind women's sports at a time when women are fighting for respect and fighting for, you know, more commensurate pay and, and all of that um, in a world in which, you know, your average fan sitting on their couch is like, oh, yeah, like, you know, go make me a sandwich or I bet you I could beat a WNBA player, you know, in one on one or something like that. And then you have Kobe Bryant being like, you know what? The WNBA is dope. Like, you know, these athletes are incredible shouting out specific players and, and just be like, you know, like watching their games, like you're doing work, you know, and, you know, loving the women's college basketball game, Gigi wanting to go play at UConn, you know, them being at UConn games, just, just all of it. You know, there's, there's just so much about like his, his, the respect that, you know, people have for him and his legacy touched so many more people than just the people that play in the NBA. You know, that's where, you know, this gets kind of personal for me, right? Because, you know, I have a little girl now. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm 29 years old. When I'm 41, which is the age that Kobe Bryant was when he passed away, my daughter Maya will be about the same age that Gigi was when she passed away. You know, about you know, 12, 13 years old. You know, I can't bear the thought of, you know, her being hurt that way and, you know, to, to think of what the, those moments must have been like, you know, the, the feeling of, you know, being a father, wanting to protect your child from from harm. And that that's the part that really hits me. It's not so much about the basketball, right? You know, the, the, the Kobe Bryant, you know, as as a as a basketball player, you know, the whether, whether you're talking about the, you know, his ability to score in the high-flying acrobatics that he was known for early in his career and being the heir apparent to Michael Jordan and, you know, the five championships and the Mamba mentality, you know, what he did wearing both the numbers eight and 24 for the Lakers franchise. And in talking about the Mamba mentality, you know, this idea that it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're playing basketball or just, you know, living life, you know, to attack it with everything you've got, you know, to take no prisoners, you know, to be uncompromising, and to give it everything that, that you've got, to be maniacal in your work ethic, push yourself harder than anybody else could, you know, or push yourself harder than anybody else is willing to go. Like that was what Kobe Bryant was known for. You know, he came from that kind of old guard of we're not all going to be friends, you know, like I don't like you, like you're my enemy and I'm going to destroy you. And, and a lot of people look at it, um, you know, today, like. Guys like LeBron James, who has a lot of friends around the league. And, you know, yeah, it's all business when it's on the court, but he dabs people up and he does handshakes. And Kobe didn't really do any of that. And people look at that like, you know, that's the good old days. And I don't really see it that way. I just think, like, you can be great without wanting to kill your opponent. But you know what? Like, that that mania, you know, that drive, that desire to to beat your opponent down, like, that was what made him special. But to me, it's not even really about all that. You know, I know I just expounded on all of it and all the things that you know, people think about when they think of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. But, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, Kobe Bryant, the man, Kobe Bryant, the father. You know, Gigi Bryant, you know, his daughter. Just the loss of the Bryant family. The loss that we all feel. 
it's really it's hard it's hard to even talk about this I didn't really know what I was going to get on here and say, you know, to talk about it that way about somebody that you don't know that I've, I've never met Kobe Bryant. You know, I've never met his family you know, or any of that. And I mean, most of us haven't, but we're over here still reeling about this news, reeling about his loss. Like it, it's this, it is, it's a, it's a gut punch, you know, to, to wake up and still not be able to take my mind off the news and I feel like I had to say something, you know, to, to share something about this because it like it, it eats you up inside. You know, last night, you know, <laughs> you know, to give you an idea of, you know, what what it's like here right now. So, you know, I'm sleeping in, you know, an hour and a half, you know, shifts, maybe. Um, you know, I don't I don't think I've gotten more than f- four hours of sleep. You know, for the last like six days or whatever, basically since that she was born, um, and you know, last night was a was a tough day because you know she's really hungry right now. She's going, you know, Maya's going through a growth spurt, and you know she was eating a lot and didn't want to sleep, and you know it kind of gets you know frustrating at times. You know when you're you're lacking sleep and you don't know what to do. You know. And you don't know what to do and you're just trying to survive and all that. But man, you know, I held her so close, just, you know, wanting to keep her safe and wanting her to grow up, you know, to be Gigi's age and beyond and to be able to pass things along to her as a father, as a mentor, as a friend that Kobe Bryant doesn't get to do now. And whatever you thought of him as a person or you thought of his past or you thought of his persona on the court, that's the hardest thing for me right now. For him to be gone this young with so much left to do outside of the game of basketball as a father, as a man, as a mentor, as a teacher, as an artist, whatever he wanted to do. And the fact that we'll never get to see if Gigi Bryant would have played in the WNBA. Like sometimes it's just, you know, we, we talk about it occasionally on, on this show, right? It's sometimes it's just bigger than basketball, man. Being, being a, a fan and, you know, kind of following the game and, and you know, all that stuff, it's, it's a great distraction from this thing we call life. But in the end, you know, there's no escape from real life. It, you know, it permeates everything. And I don't know how long it's going to take for the gut punch of that to go away. For everybody, you know, and, and obviously this is going to be you know, this is going to take on a different kind of significance, you know, or it's going to take on more significance tomorrow, right? When, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers go at it tomorrow in the Staples Center, you know, in the house that Kobe Bryant helped build, you know, in the tributes that we saw in the aftermath, people taking 24 second and eight second violations around the league and people doing it in like NBA 2k like you know this is 
know, his his reach and the, and the respect that, you know, and the, and the regard that people hold him in is just, you know, so tremendous. And just, I guess, one more thought that I had before I sign off. I saw a lot of people questioning why in the world. I saw a lot of people questioning why in the world the NBA would allow those basketball games yesterday to continue in light of the news that Kobe Bryant had passed. Why not just cancel the games? You know, let everybody process this, whether whether it's just out of respect and deference to, to Kobe or um, respect for the devastation that the players around the league felt at his loss. You know, for people to suppress their emotions and, and play a basketball game for 48 minutes and then have to take questions about it after the games and take questions about it in the days to come. People talked about it in terms of being like a mental health hazard. And you know what? I, I think maybe that's a, a valid point. Though other people might say, right, that, um, you know, canceling the games is 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 a nightmare, you know, logistically, and maybe it wouldn't have helped, right? You got a lot of people just sitting in hotel rooms, pouring over Twitter and, and staying glued to the television and having to go grieve in this way, alone, isolated, with nothing to do, right? You know, and who knows? Like, people grieve in different ways, right? I feel like all I think in regards to that is, you know, it was, in my mind, exactly what should have happened, that there was basketball yesterday. Because there's no better way to honor Kobe Bryant than to play the game he gave every ounce of heart and will and drive. He gave it all there. He gave it all to basketball. The game that he loved, the game his daughter loved. You know, and, and the other thing is like, you know, in terms of, you know, the suddenness of the, of, you know, his passing, you know, I understand the, the high emotions about watching or playing basketball. And I mean, you know, I, I, I you know, watched Mike Breen, um, you know, during his New York Knicks broadcast, you know, leading into the game, just saying like, I don't want to broadcast right now. You know, a lot of people don't want to broadcast. Like, they don't want to watch this game. I don't want to play. Like, you know, people don't want to play the game. And a lot of people are just like, I don't even want to watch basketball right now. And and you know what? I, yeah, I, I understood. I absolutely understood. But, you know, one thing that Kobe Bryant in that final tweet, you know, made clear is, Kobe Bryant knows he didn't invent the game of basketball. This game has been around a long time. And it'll be around a long time after he's gone. And his message to LeBron James and his message really to everybody was a simple one. It was about a love for the game and a love for its history and a desire to move the game forward to move forward into the next day and the next weeks and the next months 
after this happened for the next crop of stars to move the game forward in his footsteps and in the footsteps of the other great players that this game has seen and to keep that Mamba mentality alive and well in the game of basketball. There's no better way to honor Kobe Bryant than to do that. To be better every day. You know, that's in, in the end what, you know, right? You know, people talk about the mama mentality. That's what it was. Be better every day. Whether it's the next basketball game or whether it's your next interaction with your family. Be better every day. Anyway, that's it. This is Kyrie thanking you so much for taking the time to listen. And we'll catch you next time.